Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Non-Corporate Girls. Before we begin, don't forget to download and subscribe. Take it one step further and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. What's up, y'all? We're back to talk to our 9 to 5 and 5 to 9ers. I'm Delilah. And I'm Ayana. We are the Non-Corporate Girls. Two girls who have experienced both spaces and understand firsthand the ebbs and flows of marrying our many passions and disrupting the status quo. We do this with our podcast, your go-to digital diary filled with content, expert advice, and tangible resources for corporate professionals, entrepreneurs, and the intersection of where they meet. Every episode gives you a dose to help redefine how you pivot in your purpose. So, are you non-corporate? Tune in. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Non-Corporate Girls. It is your favorite duo, your business besties, you know, the girls that always have something to say. And this episode is like no other because we're going to switch it up a little bit. And so we're glad that you're here to join us. (laughs) Yes. So this episode, usually in December, whenever we record December episodes, right before the holiday, right before we take a hiatus, we do something interesting. Like a lot of times we do like a letter to ourselves and we share that out with our community or some type of reflection back on like the episodes and what does that look like. But this time around, and it was honestly inspired by Philip. So shout out to Philip because when he said about having guest interviewers, I'm like, we could interview each other. Why not? And so we're going to change it up a little bit. The title of this episode is called Behind the Founders Q&A. And so we're going to get to the nitty gritty of some interesting, deep questions that me and Delilah have never asked each other. We sure haven't. And for me specifically, I haven't even looked at the questions prior. So like this is literally raw what's from my heart as I feel it right now in this moment and how I'm going to respond. But first, we'll start with our positive notes. Yes, I love that. So how about you take a start positive? Well, let me set it up a little bit. So normally, you know, we do a positive note, a high for the week or the month, just to make sure that we're continuing to like feel that positivity. But this time around, we're getting a little bit deep. And so we pivoted the question a bit. And the question is, share a positive note of a past career or entrepreneurial moment that redefines how you pivoted in your purpose. So Delilah. So there's so many things that could be brought up because like, I forgot who was it. It was yesterday. I was watching the American Music Awards. Mm-hmm. And, I missed um, that. Crazy. Yes. It was It was actually really good. And okay. they was honoring, um, what's his name? Um, Nicole Richie's father. Why can't I remember? Nicole Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. Yes. Um, and they were honoring him. And then when he was like thanking them for, you know, the honoring, he was like, do you have? 40 years of time. Like, you know, what he wanted to say, mm-hmm. and that's how I feel right now. Like, do we have 35 years worth of an episode for me <laughs> to like really answer this? But if I had to take a snippet from it all, for me, what really redefined and like forced me to pivot was when I graduated college. And the first, um, basically, you know, the first job that I, I had when I graduated, because in my mind, 
I thought that life was about to be a breeze when I left college. It was really a rude awakening. Mm -hmm. One, I wish that I would have graduated on time because I think a one-year difference would have made a huge difference for me, mostly because 2008 was the year of the the crash. You know, like we went Mm -hmm. into like recession, um, the whole, everything just went downhill. And so for me, staying in school an extra year, um, sometimes I think that that do a disservice to me. Like in, Mm -hmm. in retrospect, I sometimes think like, what if I would have graduated in 2008? And so I say all of that to say, when I graduated college, I went into social work before. Mind you, I have a degree in, um, in marketing minor in, in, um, black studies. And, you know, I had all these ideas of what I envisioned for myself and the fact that it wasn't so seamless to like to get there, I was just like, what am I going to do? So I feel like what I did do was make the best of it and literally created the experience that I wanted because in that role, it was a social work role and I was helping with intake. Mm -hmm. And I basically evolved the role to be kind of like a marketing assistant. It was not what it was intended to be. It was not, um, well, it was a need that they didn't even realize that they needed. And it's what I wanted to be doing, actually. Not necessarily for that industry, but it was the kind of work that I felt for me was purposeful. And so as I evolved that role, then for me, it redefined. And like when something doesn't look like what you want it to look like, I feel Mm -hmm. like you have to create it. And I feel like I've been creating and creating and creating ever since I left college. And I still haven't been in the role, aside from what we're building with non-corporate girls, Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to create that fulfillment, if that makes sense. Like there's been stints when I've done work that I was passionate about and like gung-ho and like, oh, I'm so excited to be here. But I feel like I haven't truly delved into that phase yet of my life where I am like consistently um, just excited and motivated because NCG is still such a labor of love and Mm -hmm. it's still so much that it has to grow. I still feel like it's me trying to create and redefine something since 2009. That's what we said deep. Yeah, we (laughs) We said said deep. deep. And it's a positive note because what what I'm trying to have you guys who are listening understand is the fact that like the constant transformation, I don't know if every, like, I don't think that sometimes I give myself credit enough for the fact that I'm still willing to be transformative because I'm still not at that finish line. And I know there never is, but from just examples I've heard and stories and people's testimonials. um, And again, I'm not comparing my race to anyone else's. There's just certain things that I have wanted for myself to have accomplished. And the fact that I haven't checked those boxes off, like from my own personal um, fulfillment and the fact that I'm still going at it, it, it says a lot about, you know, just not letting things, there's no end to this. Like 
I still have something that I need to find purpose in truly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, there's so much to unpack there, right? And what does purpose look like and how does your purpose evolve, right? Mm-hmm. But then also it says a lot to just your character, you know, like you, I remember when we first met, like, like I mean, you, you're a go hard, you know, which is why we related. Right. right. And like you, you definitely have been creating ever since. And I mean, I think it's about how you look at creation and you like to create as well. So Mm -hmm. like there is a lot of synergy there and probably a reason why this is a constant thing for you. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I think as you continue to evolve is really figuring out how you're finding the sweet spot of that fulfillment in the creation that you're continuing to do, because it feels like that's going to be your trajectory. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all of it is going to unfold to like make sense and for the dots to connect. Mm-hmm. But I still haven't gotten to that. Uh-huh. I see why it unfolded the way that we're Yeah. Working. I'm still working towards getting to like where all the pieces connect. I got you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, so my positive note. <laughs> Um, so we were thinking a lot about this and I think I'm going to go, there's so many moments and, and that's mm-hmm. another thing to express, right? There's so many, like our tagline, our newer tagline is redefining how you pivot in your purpose. You're constantly redefining what that looks like for you. So we just want to like put that out there. There's so many different layers in our journeys that have gotten us to different places in our, in just our purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment I'm going to call out is actually when I graduated from grad school, which was just, which was also like an interesting experience because after graduating from grad school, I was kind of like, why did I go to grad school? But that's like a whole Mm -hmm. thing. Um, When I graduated from grad school, it took me eight months to find a job in marketing. And I was really, I was definitely like just defeated. You know, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to find a job. I don't know what this is going to look like. I've never done official corporate marketing role. So I was really nervous about it. Fast forward, got a job in marketing, my first corporate job in marketing, and the role was not what I thought it was going to be at all. Like, literally, Mm -hmm. like, I thought I was going to be a marketing assistant. I guess I was, but I was really, like, bottom barrel marketing and really pretty much doing everybody's stuff. Like, I didn't really have ownership around a lot of things. It was just whatever people gave me I had to do. Very intern-focused, very entry-level. And it was a tough role to navigate because even when I first started, I thought about quitting because I was like, I don't want to do this. But there is a lot to be said on switching industries. There's a lot to be said about, you know, deciding that you're going to try something different and having to start from the ground up whatever that looks like. And so I really had to have a moment with myself like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to double down. I'm going to do this. I spent about three years at that job and there were a lot of hardships, a lot. (laughs) And and it was a hard time for me because I kind of like you, I felt like I was in a position where I still really wasn't fulfilled, but I, I also didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what to do about it. And so in the craziness, I actually started my first company, which was Meet Me Series. And Meet Me Series is really dear and near to my heart because I believed in it so much. It gave me passion. It gave me something to do outside of that job. And I learned though that like from doing meet me series things, it was like the first time I learned 
that one, I could start something and actually like see it through. Mm -hmm. But two, um, I was learning all these different skills and being really adapt at like, just kind of like figuring things out. And that actually helped me in my corporate job. And so I started moving up in my corporate job, like not even trying. I mean, you want to move up, but like, it just kind of happened naturally that I started being like a Jane of all trades at this one job. And ended up leaving on a very valuable note. Like I knew I was valuable. I knew that they needed me. But starting from like that bottom barrel entry level (laughs) to like getting to where I left was a huge accomplishment for me because I didn't I didn't know if I could do it. I didn't know what would what it would look like. And it just showed me it showed me that I could leave. It showed me that I could go anywhere I went. And that really kicked off a lot of my corporate marketing experience and me feeling like all right, I can. I don't need to be somewhere where I'm not valued. I don't need to be somewhere that doesn't serve me. Right. And again, I can actually create anything I want. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I've I've carried that till this day because it was like a really pivotal moment for me. Like I even remember the conversations of deciding to leave and resign and what that looked like. And I was very confident about my decision because I knew I could be. And and I didn't feel that. The, the, like three, four years before, you know? So it was it was definitely a defining moment. Because it's like, you know, like you don't realize what you're capable of doing until mm-hmm. you do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Especially when you're in environments where people don't foster that either. Right. You know, you got to be your own person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard, but I hear you. Build the role. <laughs> Build the role. It's like, that's where you learn early on. Or for those who haven't learned yet, like, Take advantage of of the people that you think that you would like to see yourself in in those roles and like meet with them, connect with them, because that's how you kind of like start adapting of like, all right, what are the things that I'm going to look for in, in my next role or like that I'm able to do? Because as we know, not every job description is like clear, clear or it is sometimes it's fluff. It, they mm-hmm. tell you a dream and then you go in and it's freaking muddy waters. A hundred percent. And you know what? I love that you said that because that specific role that I was talking about, mm-hmm. one of my managers, she left. She left four months into me starting the role. And mm-hmm. so I had to step up and do a lot of things that I didn't know how to do. And then they didn't even give, I mean, I didn't expect them to give me her job, but they still looked at me the same way, even though I had stepped in to do as many mm-hmm. things as I could before my other manager was hired. And that was also like a defining moment too. Like, all right, so I know what I'm capable of. I know what can actually happen. And I also knew that what I didn't know, I learned. And mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to figure it out, you know? And I did that. And so I get that. I love it. I love it. No, this is, this. it was like, you know, where do we start from? But I feel like both of those scenarios definitely yeah. shaped a lot for us. So. I'm like, I can't wait for our non-corporate book though, because there's so many gems to be dropped. Oh, my God. But pivoting. All right. So here we are. Q&A. We get to jump into it. So I'm going to start first, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to interview Delilah. Oh, my God. I'm nervous. You're not nervous. Um, All right. So first question. Thinking about who you are at your core, what is the greatest thing you overcame on your journey to knowing yourself? So for sure, I am still getting to know myself, getting to know myself as it pertains to 
what makes me happy, what brings me joy, what I'm fulfilled by, and not as it pertains to what I feel people expect of me. Because mm-hmm. sometimes just in relationships and in relationships, in, in you know, relationships, whether with your mother, your friends or certain people, there's just a way how they place you because the dynamic between you two mm-hmm. is a certain way. And so like, for instance, if, if I'm the friend who always um, likes to party, turn up, go up, like that's what people are going to reach out to you for. So I feel like one thing I'm, it's not that I'm trying to do away with who people know me as, but just that I don't have to fit just that description to that right. person. Like you're more than that. You have layers to yourself. Yes. And so I would kind of feel that I wasn't being a good friend or a good this or a good that the moment when I didn't do that aspect that from their you know lens how mm-hmm. they put me if I didn't live up to that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm still um I'm still trying to make peace with like even something as simple as canceling a plan that I don't want to do. Like just things that if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. And that's, I feel like overcoming learning that in my journey has really made um, just a difference in the quality of my life and like not feeling stressed or or um, on demand for what people need of me. Like I don't always... I don't always have to follow through or if I even like if I need more time um, that I I deserve the more time for whatever it is. Like nothing is I always felt like it had to be like with a time stamp or like if you don't do it by this, then like you failed. So mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that I'm learning um, or trying to rather overcome in my journey, because that really touches every aspect of life showing up in that way or not, or choosing not to show up because you have the choice. So I feel like realizing the choice has been very empowering for me. I love that. That was a good like cap. Like, yes, we get to choose choices. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Okay. Number two, have either of these ever been true for you at a point in your life and why? Two different quotes. Fear of failure or fear of success? um, Definitely fear of failure. And I know it has everything to do with mindset. Mm -hmm. I know that failure is inevitable. It's okay to fail. Um, My relationship with failure isn't so much the issue as much as avoiding something because I'm already thinking it could fail. Mm -hmm. So it's like, who's to say that it's going to fail? Like, I'm not giving it like the full shot, but like, if I don't show up to the task or um, if I don't do the job or come to the job with all these skills, I feel like I'm not qualified. And so I'm trying to... I'm trying not to be that way. Like, you know how they say there's there's white men that they come with half the qualities and, Mm -hmm. you know, have all this confidence. 
And so that's why I said it's definitely a mindset thing and something that I'm like trying to unlearn and and be okay with jumping into something, even if the failures are going to happen. And not saying um, be careless because there's a difference with carelessness versus mm-hmm. like really actually trying and something not working or just not um, bumping my head with the way I'm trying because I just might not need to try another way. And, right. and that's fine. But sometimes we burn our energy in this way and put our resources in this way. And so it's like, if it doesn't work in this way, but it's like, who, who says we can't, you know, turn the path, like make the left instead of the right. And so I think it's things that nobody's telling me these things. Nobody is, is me, is, is usually us in our own way. Mm-hmm. Like, We're our worst critic. We are our worst critic. And Granted, like there is um, influence from other things or but it's never that someone's telling me I can't do it. So it's just like, why can't I see that for what is worth and let that be the driving force? Like, why am I so much in my way? And so, yeah, fear of failure has been something I'm, I'm battling, but I am aware of it and not letting it cripple me as mm-hmm. much as like when it first was, I feel like intervening in, in the choices I made or the things I set out to do. Oh my God. So many good things. So why are you in your own way? Biggest thing, like mm-hmm. oftentimes we're often in our own way. I love that you said that. I love that you said that you're trying to unlearn and not, and figure out a better way for yourself. You also touched on the fact that like, we keep kind of doing the same thing and we fail. Like we think we fail or we give up because we're like, oh, it's not working. And sometimes you don't even think, how do we pivot and do it differently? But we can still get to the same goal. And that's hard too. So like, I love that you also like touched on that. Yes. And let me call out to also that the reason why choosing another way is challenging, challenging, at least for me, is because nine times out of 10, it always involves relying on other people. Mm. And Talk so about it. the moment you rely on other people is like, you have to wait for when they're available. You have to like, you know, the timeline of things changes. Whereas if I can do as much as I can by myself, mm-hmm. I have this idea that I can go further and you can't like success is a group project. It, it, it takes a village to raise a baby, to raise a business. Yes, yes. It's so true. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, these are these are deep. Like these are some interesting answers, but I feel like we're getting a good sense of kind of like who you are, your thought process, and also like your evolution. Because yes. the Delilah I met and the Delilah today, same essence of the person, but mm-hmm. different. Different, for sure different. All right. So question number three, think back to a phase in your career where you felt successful or accomplished. What are three elements that were pivotal to that success? Oh, yes. I I can close my eyes and think specifically. (laughs) So I was putting together a client deck. The first time putting together a deck from beginning to end, um, trying to like figure out what elements should be included, how I was going to sell this idea to the client. And um, 
I was excited, overwhelmed, nervous. Like I really, really wanted to do this so good and, um, you know, be recognized, even if the idea wasn't picked up, but just the point of how I presented it and what went into the the thought process of like, you know, sharing the idea. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the three elements that were super pivotal was one, enrolling my manager into it, getting feedback and help, getting the help from someone who has done this day in and day out. So I felt like there was a real like mentor relationship between me and my manager who also wanted me to win and present this and didn't like walk, like, you know, didn't like hold my hand, but was empowering me to be like, you got this shit, you can do it. Um, I just want to make sure like all your ducks is in a row since it is like the first time. Right. So that was one thing. Um, another thing was just being prepared. Um, Mm -hmm knowing what it was that I wanted to do, what I wanted to say, what would the, what were the clear actions and and um how we was going to really execute this, like making sure that that was very clear to myself and to the client because as we all know, I feel like the best public speaking or the best presentations are the ones where you're prepared for them. Like 100%. When those questions come rolling in, like you have an answer to the question, you can almost do the presentation without looking at the slides you've created because like, you know, the information that you're going to speak on. Mm -hmm. And then another element, um, I would say it is just showing up as myself, like Mm. having the confidence. That's the biggest one. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was the biggest one. And I think in, in just in that role specifically, um, a lot of it had to do with, the way you were encouraged to own something, mm-hmm. like everything was ownership, like own your idea, own what you want to bring to the table, like embrace it, whether you thought it was not timely or some, something we didn't have funding for. Like that was the first time in my career that like I was not just attending meetings, but I was able to either lead them or the ideas that I brought to the table were relevant to something. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like I was just there to like take on information and like, you know, I was like an active participant in the meetings that I attended. You were part, you were at the table. I was at the table, but I like the information I offered was going to move the needle on something. And Mm -hmm. that was very empowering because a lot of the times you feel like you have to be in a certain um, level in your career to right. start making those types of decisions. And I just feel like the right managers and the right jobs allow you to feel that way almost insta- instantly. Yep. Any level. Doesn't At matter. Any level. Yes. Which is a gr- great, something great to call out, especially for entry level people who yeah. feel like they're, they have imposter syndrome. They don't, they're not considered an expert. They don't know how to like bring their ideas to fruition. They have all of this like noise and it's right. like, just show up. To everyone listening, I literally challenge you to speak at every meeting. Offer some insight, offer some feedback, like speak. That's how you leave your mark. That's how people remember you. Um, And sometimes not all of it is implemented, as we know, like there's levels to this and it goes up a chain in, in certain instances, but you will be remembered or referred to or referenced because certain things that may not be used, the you know, when you do say it could come 
and circle back around. And they'll go to you because you have created yourself or made yourself to be the expert on that thing, whatever it is. I co-sign that. And also for the introverts out there, if you don't feel comfortable speaking up in the meeting, make sure you share your thought after the meeting, whether it's in an email, whether it's on Teams, or there's a follow-up somehow, whether you just pulling your manager to the side, because one-to-one, sometimes it's just way more comfortable for people to share, mm-hmm. but at least you're still sharing. Yes. All right. Question number four. We talk often about toxicity, especially in corporate environments. <laughs> Thinking back to a moment when you've experienced this, what were your feelings during that time and how did you navigate those emotions? Girl, like, I'm such in a good space that this is not triggering to me anymore. And I I know, I know. We got to talk about it. (laughs) I am not one to cry at work. I'm I really not I like I'm more the I don't give a fuck about this shit because when I leave, like y'all don't matter. Um right. but I feel like I try to I don't know. It's not that I stopped having that attitude because I went into a job and was like, you know, let me act like I care now. It was more so that when the environment challenged everything I experienced up until that point you really do start to do things differently. You are willingly wanting to put your best foot forward. And a lot of that has to do because you feel valued. Like it just, Mm -hmm. it goes so deep in feeling like you, your presence, your work, your thought process, your thinking, all of it is valued. It really makes you show up in a different way. I don't care what anyone says. If you feel the value that work and you're just going because you need a paycheck, it will reflect on how you show up, how you interact, and you would just look at it as just a job. Even though it may be um, a job that's like going to help you in your career, you won't treat it as such because if people don't treat you like you matter, then it's like, what's the point? Right. So for me, um, a time when I experienced that, I just felt there was more than once, but the time I'm speaking of... Um, I already felt like I had learned from my prior experiences. So I handled this situation much different. It did remind me of like a bad place, but I feel what I did was address the situation head on. And I felt empowered to be vocal. And I, I keep on using the word empowered a lot because when you're not giving the space to show up in a certain way and, and learn how to advocate for yourself, because the dynamic was often like you're the bo- I'm the boss, you're the employee. You get intimidated. Mind you, you guys know me. I'm such a vocal, outspoken person in my friends group. Um, but like, I felt like a lot of times in jobs, I felt small, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that was the intentionality of the people or I allowed myself to feel that way. Like, it, or a mix of both. Yes, a mix of both. But it really took a toll on me. And I feel like a lot of that, you know, now present day looking back, I probably didn't get certain opportunities because of me, not even because of others is what I thought was allowed and not allowed to do. Now I go into jobs or experiences or anything and it's like nothing's off the table. I'm I'm allowed to do whatever I want. And of course, not disrespectfully, I'm not saying, I'm just saying like, 
I can say what I feel. I can come up with these ideas. I, like there's not rules to how it has to look for this to happen. And I was placing these rules on myself that nobody told me were the rules. I just thought that that's how you had to be in corporate. Like, I don't even know where I got this like false narrative. Society, society going through college. I mean, yeah, it all seemed like somebody had to allow you to do something. Allow. This is this is life. This is uh, everything we've been learning. It's like you have to be allowed. You have to be given permission. Mm-hmm. And it's like you need to give yourself permission. That's what we realized. Okay. And I was like, if because who owns me? Like you. <laughs> yes. And so like a lot of the times being in these jobs, it's like you don't want to do the wrong thing to lose the job or you don't want to do the wrong thing to lose respect. Or you, And mm-hmm. sometimes those things... Either one of two things, they never had the respect for you to begin with or um, what or they felt challenged. But by what you brought to the table and, right. and more often than not, you want them to feel that there's a challenge. Right. Because I feel like people see you as somebody to like have to not protect, but like she needs to stay here. We need her mm-hmm. as to if you're disposable. You're you're not anything that the company needs. Like you, you could be let go of, and nothing will change. Right. So yeah, Ooh, that was a word. It was a word, and it it was really big to navigate. Like it was it was something I had to realize. And you, I mean, hopefully, because nobody like was telling me these things. Yeah, nobody was. So it's one of those things like until you go through it, you don't realize, but hopefully um, you have enough examples. And maybe that's what I didn't have, the examples, because maybe I would have done things differently. But hopefully I'm an example for whoever's listening or just for people to hear and and understand and kind of like take their power back where if at any reason you felt you gave it away, reclaim that shit. Reclaim. And I love that you said that because that's you just empowering yourself and you being the example to others is why we started NCG to begin with. Right. We I think the biggest thing just in our path, our journey to here from corporate to here is that we just didn't have the right examples. Like we were constantly searching for people who look like us, for people who were doing what we were actually doing. And it was just a lot of confusion. And so we do this because we have a ton of content and resources on our experience to help people navigate. Like, this is why we do this. Absolutely. 1000%. All right. Question number five. Now, you know, I personally don't believe in having regrets, but sometimes we do because it's life. Have you ever had a work regret, corporate or non-corporate, that you would have changed the outcome if you could looking back? So my regret is more so like my timing. Um, Like, it goes back to me thinking something entirely different would have come of me and just my whole trajectory had I graduated in 2008. I I feel strongly about that. I don't, I don't know how correct I am, but <laughs> it, a year difference is a lot. And I feel like that's part of it. And then um, I think another thing was, 
just having more confidence when I graduated because again, I was creating roles that I didn't see exist. I felt like challenge. I it, it was just very muddy waters for me looking yeah. for that first role. Like I think I said this in other episodes where I didn't even know a publicist role was like account executive in some companies. Like I learned that as I was applying. Mind you, I did internships. I felt like I connected with alumni um, from my school or used like the career resource center. Like I did all of the things and I just felt like it still wasn't enough. Um, And also I was the first. Like I was the first to graduate from my family. So like all of these things I had is one of those things you don't know what you don't know. There's no blueprint. There wasn't. So it was just like learn as you go, figure it out as you go. Part of it was even why I went to grad school. Again, something that I probably didn't need to do and I couldn't get, I could have gotten probably more work experience instead of going into school. Right. Okay. Question number six, what is a misconception that people have of you? Mm. I think that people think I'm way more confident than I am. (laughs) Okay. I can totally see that. Mm -hmm. I think that people like, I have a timidness that I think um, it gets covered by my boldness. And so <laughs> I don't I don't even give people the opportunity to see that there's there's timidness for something <laughs> like but is there, but the way I like try to I guess hide it or like not show it as much is because I, I am outspoken, I guess if that makes sense. And so it doesn't allow, I guess, people to read me mm. like as quickly as they think they could to, to point that out. Okay. Well, this brings us to the end of this, this like, first so half. This is, yes. I, I want to journal. I, I need to reflect back and I want to like journal all these questions. Oh my God. Well, you have to listen to it and journal. But before we switch, um, you know, usually our signature thing on the pod is we always ask our guests to introduce themselves after at the end, how they would like the world to know them. And so this is your chance. How would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, my God. That is so awesome. I love this for us. <laughs> um, so, you guys, I am Delilah, a social strategist, and I am I am on the verge of like a new, not even a new me, but just the way I show up and step into the world um, is like Delilah 3.0. It's not even 2.0 because there's just so many things up until this point that not necessarily I denied them on myself, but I didn't want to take ownership because again, hitting that wall of trying to do it another way and not realizing that what I possess and what I have, it's already within me. And so like listening, because one of my biggest, I think, lessons in the last 10 years is truly listening to the voice within and my Mm -hmm. intuition. Um, So who I am is still to be discovered. Okay. I'm loving the growth here. Like, who are you? Who are you? We we are learning her together. We are learning (laughs) her together. 
<laughs> All right. Well, that was so much fun. That was great. Lots to digest. And we're going to take a short break and be right back. And we're back. Thank you for sticking around. If you've been listening to this far, I hope that you learned some things even about yourself while listening. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to put the spotlight, the spotlight, (laughs) excuse me, on my business bestie. So Uh, it is my turn to get deep. All right, let's go. Yes, Ayana. So the first question I have to ask, how much are you willing to give away of yourself these days? Oh, such a, you know, such a simple question, but, um, the surface is simple. Oh, yes. Always. Um, I think it goes back to some of the things you were saying though. Like, I think that, um, I think I've learned in the past couple of years, my non-negotiables and my boundaries. And I know I talk a lot about that, but it it has been a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that I've learned what, how I recharge, what I can take, or what my energy can take, my space, what I allow into my space. And so knowing all of that, that's what really gives me my peace. And so I'm not willing to give that away. Like I'm, I'm very, I'm very protective mm. of my energy, my space, my peace. And when there are things that are outside forces that disrupt that people, things, then I'm already walking away. Like it already doesn't serve me. I'm already not entertaining it. And I've had to grow through that because, you know, like you have said in the past, you know, you're quick to just want to accommodate people, please. You're mm. all these things. And it's like, I'm, I don't even entertain it anymore. And so that that's, I would say that's what I'm willing to not give away of myself these days. You know, I love that. And literally the reason I ask is because we're naturally such givers. And so it's like sometimes at a certain point in life, it, we just give and give and give until you have that moment of like, wait a minute, I, I'm giving too much or what am I willing to sacrifice at this point? And so I feel like at the age that we are in now, there's some- In our age, young age, facts. In our young age. In our young age. Experienced age. <laughs> I know that we probably are are showing up different in how we give of ourselves. 100%. Yes. So going into my next question, how do you live your life differently from the way you did 10 years ago? Um, so it's kind of along the lines of this, but honestly, like I feel like, so I talk a lot about authenticity. It's mm-hmm. we talk a lot about authenticity, but it's such an important thing for me because I feel like as someone who is as someone who identifies as Afro Latina, as someone who identifies as queer, as you know, I feel like I have all of these marginalized spots that kind of I could fall into, which I hate. And like I feel like a lot of my life people put me in boxes all the time. And I feel like because people have put me in boxes a large part of my life, and I'm talking about family like from beginning, right? And because they do that, I felt like I gave a lot of people the opportunity to dim my light. I felt like mm. I couldn't shine because why? Like, you know, like it, that wasn't the space. They didn't, they didn't allow me to. So how could I? And mm. 
I had like moments where I was just kind of like, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right me dimming my light. It doesn't feel right me not showing up authentically the way I want to. And it was almost, it was a lot of friction. Like I'm trying to break out of boxes that people are putting me into and it got real tumultuous. It just, it got real dangerous for me, like real, like into like a depression, just not feeling good about myself. And I had to have a moment where I was like, pretty much like fuck where everybody else think. Right. And like, I needed to stop. I needed to have a moment where I was like, I'm not going to let anybody else dim my light. And when I had that moment in like the past 10 years or so, when I had that moment, it really was a game changer for me. And it helped me just, it helped me give myself permission to be my authentic self in every space, show up in every space in that way. And and that is how I operate. And it's, it's weird because little Ayana wasn't like this. And so I feel like I'm a, such a different person because I feel like I let a lot of people try to dictate what that looked like for me when they couldn't. And I was giving, I was allowing them to. And so it was just a weird place to be. But when I figured that out, it was a game changer. And so I've lived my life differently ever since. Like, I mean, like, I'm like bold out there. I don't, you know, I'm, I show up. Yes. Lousy. And so, I do. And that's just like, and you know, it's because I, I didn't have the opportunity for a long time. You know, like people look at me and they're like, oh, because this is how you operate. I'm like, this took growth. Like I had to grow through this. I had to do a lot of healing on myself to go through this because people will have you, as you know, people will have you believing so many things that are not true. And you sitting there believing it for years. Yes, yes. And it's just their own trauma and whatever projections that they want to place on people. But that's something that we even had to learn because, again, there's just certain roles and with certain roles come certain responsibilities and you think that that's how it, it's supposed to be. Right. And none of it is, is true. Like one thing that just brings me peace is like, this shit is all made up. Like who said it was a fact, right? Like this is why I still be asking. Like it is not, I literally tell people you've made your, you're making up stories on your own. Nobody yeah. said this. Nobody said this. <laughs> this ain't even happened. This ain't even, ha- and I'm like a, I'm like a story person. Mm-hmm. So I can make up some stories. How you making up stories about me? Right, y'all need to get chin checked. Well, I'm so happy that you have found your voice because there's Thank a lot you. to be said and a lot that people can learn from listening. Okay. Now, going into a similar question, which you kind of asked me in a different way, but I thought it was funny because, again, (laughs) we didn't look at each other's questions. Um, What was an impactful moment that helped you realize how valuable your skill set is? I want you to differentiate it from, like, what you said in your positive note, per se. I got you. Also, we like the same person, but not, so. I know. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Um, Yes, I actually do have a really good one, though. So, I remember when I, when I've switched a lot of jobs, been mm-hmm. a lot of jobs. One of my jobs, I remember going into the job and I was like, okay, like, this is a different experience, but I got this. I can do this. Got into the job and it was pretty much a toxic environment without being a toxic environment. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really navigate that. But I had, to your point from what you said before, I had already come from toxic environments. And mm-hmm. so I knew how to navigate it a little bit differently. And that was a really interesting moment for me because I realized that I had more power than I thought I, than I thought I had, you know, like mm-hmm. I realized that like, 
I can, I have these skill sets. I can actually show up in this way. I've been doing this. And so even though the environment was very suffocating and people tried to dim your light, people tried to make you feel like you weren't the expert. And there was a lot of different things happening. I was still able to show up and like, to your point, like I did, I had those moments where no matter how scared I was, I did speak up in the meetings and I did try to assert a certain voice and authority because I knew that I could and I knew I had the receipts though. I, I knew exactly. I could. Exactly. It's like you bringing know? it up, but because it's with like something that supports, I'm not just bringing out a thin air what I'm saying. Exactly. And so it was an interesting moment for me because before I knew it, I kind of started, I, before I knew it, I became the lead that I didn't think I was going to be in this role. Like mm-hmm. I knew that I knew what I was hired for, but things changed interestingly. And I started becoming the lead. I'm talking about leading the meetings and making sure that like our million dollar, million dollar investments are like up to par and like what does that look like and launching on the platform like in-person events that experimental events and like running this and I, I didn't I didn't think that that's what the job would be when I when I took it and I didn't I know this job you're talking about oh girl and I was just like y'all don't pay me enough of this but it was cool because I learned so much about myself and to the point where when I left the job, I was so confident in me leaving because mm-hmm. I knew that they valued me and I knew that they wanted me and I knew that I left on my terms and so that felt more. good. You deserved more. I deserved more, but it just felt so good to like know that. And I will never forget this because I remember talking to my cousin and he was like, "You're an, my family is disrespectful, but he was like, you're an idiot. He was like, why would you leave this job? Like, you know, you what something happened. He was like, no, you should have did it this way. And I was like, no, because I have values and morals and I don't need you. You know what I mean? I will do, I will get something else. And I did bigger and better. So it was just, it was a, it was a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a game changer for me because Mm -hmm. it was an environment that was a really big deal and I, and really toxic at the same time. And I was able to still kind of show up and really be a lead there. And it showed, you know, like it, it really showed. I was really valuable. Yes. I know that's right. I know that's right. <laughs> now going into our next question. If you have to say one thing about what your purpose is, what would that be? Oh, so... I say this often and I like the more I think about it, the more I know it's true. But my purpose is really helping people understand the potential they have within themselves. And I do that in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And it's so special because. <laughs> But it's so special because going back to everything I said, like I didn't, I didn't, I never had the opportunity for someone to tell me the potential I had in myself. Mm -hmm. I had to figure that out. And so I think that's why I like, this is so close to me. And I've kind of just like walked into this purpose without knowing it because I knew what I lacked, like what was lacking in my world. And I knew that I never wanted other people to feel that way, especially when I feel like I can see their potential. I can see where they can go. And oftentimes we're our own worst critic. We don't even see that. And so if I can be someone to be able to be a stepping stone to help you just shift your perspective in any way that looks like, because it can, it can take on a lot of different forms. I feel like I'm doing, you know, I'm doing something good. I'm doing something. And even if it's just for one person, it makes me feel good. Absolutely. Do you feel that, um, 
that's being able to be accomplished in the work you do currently? So it's funny you say that because I've been thinking a lot about it. And I think that, yes. And I think that because of the way my life has kind of gone through different ebbs and flows, I I still somehow do it. But I think that I'm in a space where I want to make sure I'm doing it all the time. Mm, And I don't know what that looks like yet, but I feel like that's what brings me joy. And again, it takes on so many forms. Like I've, I've literally been noticing different ways in my current situations that I could do it. And so I want to continue to like explore that. But I know that like my ultimate goal is making sure that I'm helping, I'm serving others by helping them tap into their potential and really creating a life for themselves because I've been able to do it. No, absolutely. I don't know if... I mean, I always tell you, and you be annoyed by the compliment, but I don't know if it's like a fake annoyed or like you're really annoyed, but I always call you the operations queen. And I know you, you talk about the potential you see on like individual to individual, but have you ever thought about like the potential you see of what a business could become? Because I feel like the potential there is how you help them to create their systems and all these things. Like I envision that or for you to be that person to to companies that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yes, thank you. It is a compliment. Um, I, you know, I think I'm growing, Delilah. Like, I, it doesn't. I think in the past, it got it was annoying, but for lots of other reasons. But to your point now, it does. It, it's I can. You know, it's something that I I have done. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I just need to continue to explore what that looks like. But I like to see the potential in anything. And so mm-hmm. I feel like I can create something from nothing. And so who knows? Okay. Yes. Like <laughs> that, that is inspiring. I can create something from nothing. I really can. <laughs> okay. So going into the next question, what do you want to change about entrepreneurship? And yeah. I know that's a loaded question, but like, you know, there's so much that comes with it. Like you can unpack however you want the question, but that is the question I pose to you. No, I get it. Um, and there's layers to it. I think I want to touch on the networking piece. Okay. Because I feel like just even, even now, but definitely when we were starting out, mm. Also, definitely when you and I were had our own things happening before we even came together, I just feel like there's this, there's this, there's so many misconceptions about entrepreneurship, so many, mm-hmm. but like being able to have a network or community to help you. And mm-hmm. when I say help you, I don't, I don't just mean like, you know, you're trying to like use them. I mean, like people to actually connect you to people, people mm-hmm. to actually help you with the tools and resources, be mentors to you. Um, even just people to be in your community. I feel like it gets a little challenging, especially among people of color, because people feel like, you know, oh, they're not in my, they're not in my box or they don't, we're not on the same level because like mm-hmm. we've done this or, you know, and so like I bring that up because when you go to networking events, you mm-hmm. see people and you kind of see how clickish people are in these, yes. these entrepreneurial spaces where we're all founders, you know, we're technically all peers, but somehow it still feels like you're better than me. It still feels like I don't fit here. And I think that that part has been really hard. And I think we've, you and I talk about this a lot in different ways. And I know we've navigated it, I think, 
the best that we've been able to do, Absolutely. but it just still, it still bothers me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm so glad you said that. I feel the same. And I don't know if it's just me feeling this sense of inspiration, but I, one of the things I really, really aspire to achieve in the fellowship is that so yeah. far I've gotten a good um, of sense of others wanting that too. And also something that I pointed out is that a lot of founders be feeling the same way. Like I, not that I didn't feel on a different level, but some of the things that were mentioned, um, we had some um, breakout rooms and we got to speak more intimately. But some of the things that people mention, I fear are some of the things that we have learned to overcome. So mm. hearing them like coming into that battle, it was not that it was refreshing, but it was like, damn, I feel you. Like mm-hmm. I was there. So I get exactly where you're coming from. And it's almost like, I want a little sis you like, let me, let me help you and, and put you on of like where this aspect can get better. And so I'm hoping that I can lean on another sis that, that is going through how we feel that could kind of help us navigate. Um, because I'm assuming like we can't be the only ones feeling this way, you know, we're not. And it's like, it's crazy because I feel, again, I feel like in our entire journey, we've been constantly looking for that support. Mm-hmm. We've been constantly looking. And we have thought we saw, saw it in so many different ways. And, and it just, it never works out the way it it's should. It's been super one-sided. Like, super, and, and it's hard because we're so helpful. <laughs> or not even, fuck what we've done. Because if we wanted to brag about it, we've done a lot. Right. It's more so that. We have tried to maintain and sustain mm-hmm. relationships, whether we're giving or not receiving. It's just like it's super one ended. So yeah. it only leads me to believe because there's nothing else I can rule out that you do away with people who cannot do for you. Yeah, because I there's no, we're popping. Like we're cool as we friends, as people. So it's like yeah. you can't see the value. In, in just having me in your circle, because maybe not in this very moment, I can give and be and do it. Right. But best believe you're going to circle. We're going to get there. Oh, you're going to circle back and realize that there's something else that's going to come across your mm-hmm. path that I am the expert for. And so you you fumbled. You fumbled. Right. And I, you know, when the moment comes, it comes. But to your point about um, the fellowship, I agree too. And I think that, I think that, you know, I think we're evolving to this place now where it's like, okay, we're clear about the rooms or spaces we don't belong. And so we need to find the places that we do. Absolutely. And we, and and we're creating, we're creating that space for sure with NCG, but you know, again, to find that like community, we need to, we need to go in those places and that's where we belong. Absolutely. And another thing too is, and maybe we didn't realize this because that is not how we operating, but there's something to be said that we are or work competition to some of these people that we're trying to seek. Mm-hmm. There so, is. You know what I'm saying? So I'm yeah. thinking like our community is people that are probably not even in our industry mm-hmm. because there's a lot of pettiness that that comes with trying to make up is like not everybody is willing to wait their turn 
everybody feels like if we're not all up at, at the same time, like then you ain't cut to be part of this. This facts, but this is why we follow our favorite ever. Um, flow this. Yes. <laughs> when they go low, we go high, and we're gonna continue to rise above. Yes, and now going into our almost second to last <laughs> question: What paradigm shift do you think is most important that you would want that you would most want to see in the world? I don't know. My goodness, I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm asking some questions. Okay. Um. I don't know. I'm still, you know, I'm still, I get so upset still that we're in a world still of first, which also really bothers me. Mm. And so I feel like the world is moving into a place where everyone who didn't have a voice or didn't get feel like they have permission to share their voices now sharing their voices and creating different things and understanding their potential and not letting anyone dim their light. And so I feel like there's a lot of possibility to for who people are today and what they're looking mm-hmm. to do. And also understanding that like, you know, our parents and grandparents and their generation is very different and we get to kind of create something different. And so I feel like there's a a shift happening. There's a huge shift happening. And then you can double down on that for minorities. You can double down that for women, et cetera. And I think that I want to move through the world and I want to see a place where we are not, they're still not first. Like why, Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? And especially when it comes to Afro-Latinas, because I also feel like there's something to be said about who we are and how we're operating in this space and that we're the only ones doing this. Mm-hmm. Why are we, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying like we're the only, only, but it's, right. there's not a lot. And so again, why are there so many first, <laughs> you know, and that really bothers me. And so I want to see, I want to see that change happen in the world, mm-hmm. but it, it comes with more people like us. Yes. Taking the initiative, sharing our voice, not letting people dim our light, and creating the tables for ourselves because no one's going to give it to us. That's a fact, and we've learned that time and time again. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you said that. And <laughs> so, in closing, because we love a good closer, um, <laughs> we have introduced you, but how does Ayana introduce herself to the world? Yes, this is like by far my favorite question ever. Mm-hmm. Um, right? It's so good. Um, so my name is Ayana Dutton, and I am, I like to think of myself as a chief brand architect, and I love to build in color. And what does that mean? I am someone who can create something from nothing. I am someone who can look for potential in people where they do not see it themselves. And I am someone who loves to tell stories in all forms, whether that be marketing, whether that be through fashion. I believe in creating, having a blank canvas and creating it the way you want. And so that's how I live my life. And I feel like if you're vibing with me, you're vibing with non-corporate girls, you need to follow us because we're always dropping lots of gems. Yes, what she said, okay? Because <laughs> honestly, we bring an experience, we bring a vibe, okay. we bring nostalgia, we bring reflection. There's, there's, you cannot lose listening to an episode of Not Corporate Girls. Listen, like I say all the time, we dope AF. People just need to catch up. And I'm going to keep saying that. That's actually a t-shirt. I think we should do. But anyway. While y'all behind, we still keep showing up. 
We do. I'm like, when I say I'm proud of us, I'm Mm -hmm. so proud of us because, you know, and like shout out again to like some of our cool guests and just people who continue to remind us because season six, a hundred and something episodes is not a light thing to be had. You know what I'm saying? We've, we've been through it. And not only, not only are we season six, a hundred and something episodes, but we've had 30 plus guests. We've had a ton of experience with just how we show up, how we brand ourselves, the content we have, what we do. And again, no one is teaching us. We are figuring this out on our own. We're learning and we're still here. Yes. And there's so much more opportunity. I know there's so much more abundance that we're going to um, come across and people that we're going to work with and who are already manifesting to work with us. So we're just waiting for those things to kind of like bring, come to fruition and and become reality. Facts. But I would not want to do this journey with nobody else than my business bestie over here. (laughs) Yes, likewise. And to everyone listening, like we wish you a season of peace, of joy, happiness, time spent with your family, health is wealth. Take Mm -hmm. care of yourself, your mind, your spirit. um, And just set yourself up for 2023 and what you want that to look like for yourself. Take the time to think through that and really envision um, what you want your reality to be because it's possible. Anything is possible. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, we are so out. Bye. Happy holidays. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Non-Corporate Girls Podcast. We're headed back into our nine to fives, but equally giving time to our five to nine. I'm Delilah and you can follow me at Miss Delilah C on all social media platforms. And I'm Ayana. Follow me at the underscore Aya underscore brand. Don't forget to follow the podcast on all socials at Non-Corporate Girls and tune into the latest episodes on your favorite streaming platform. In the meantime, embrace non-corporate. Where the nine to five and five to nine meet.